0: I'm Heather Fleming, founder of In-Purpose Educational Services and author of the book, My Black Friend Says.
1: And I'm Delaney Ray, the coordinator of the LEAP Institute. So what do we do now, Heather?
0: Same thing we've always done, Delaney. Keep fighting for an equitable world. This
1: time in a podcast.
0: Welcome to the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, where comfortable friends chat about uncomfortable topics. Let's do it.
1: So, Heather. Yes, Delaney. I want you to ask me how my lunch was right before this.
0: (laughs) I'm almost scared.
1: How was your lunch, Delaney? Well, first, I want you to know that I had black bean soup from um, St. Louis Bread Company. Oh, that that sounds good. I know that I love. So if you want to know how it was, you're going to have to ask my kitchen floor and the counter and my (gasps) shoe and the bottom of my pants. Oh, no. And and the dog that started licking it up and the broken bowl that I shattered when I dropped it. Oh,
0: Delaney. Oh, that's terrible. Are you still hungry? Well, so I'm not
1: still hungry because I just shoved other much less healthy options in my mouth. But I do want you to know that when I dropped my bowl of soup and then when I proceeded to have to clean it up and then realized that there was black beans oozing down my cabinetry... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and down my shoe, which right now our listeners probably don't know I'm only wearing one shoe because my other foot has a boot on it because I broke my toe, my big toe yes. in two places. So dancing around on beans and broken bowl <laughs> with a boot on. So anyway, my point is I want you to know that I wove tapestries of... Foul language as all of this is happening. <laughs> the words that came out of my mouth would have put sailors to shame. The old-fashioned sailor in the tattoo parlor, like, co- like comic strip that would be in the newspaper, they would have red blushing cheeks and horrified at the things that came out. Of my ma- I mean, it was really not appropriate for a podcast. However, I want you to know, regardless that my food was on the floor, um, my dog was trying to eat broken bowl. She was so excited to eat beans, right? Yes. Regardless of all of that, I can promise you no racial slurs accidentally came out of my mouth.
0: Well, well that's awesome because not everyone apparently... I found out in life, not everyone can prevent themselves from not using a racial slur when they become upset. Right. Um, So
1: what we're talking about, well, you got what I was talking about. So we're we're in St. Louis County. And recently, um, about a month ago, there was a St. Louis County police dispatcher who like live over the broadcast system used the N-word.
0: Yes, he said that something along the lines of, you know, being tired of these effing N-words, something like that. It was fun stuff.
1: Well, the St. Louis County Police Department put out this statement. A spokesperson put out this statement. The use of such language has no place in our department. Therefore, it should not and will not be tolerated. Each member of our department, family, and every citizen we serve shall be treated with dignity and respect. The investigation will be thorough, impartial, and overseen by the Deputy Chiefs of chief of police, which is a nice response to that, but how on earth do we get to this place in the first place that somebody accidentally leaves their microphone turned on and and shouts expletives including the N-word?
0: Um. Well, I could go into the long history of it, but basically, um, that is a sign of their uh, already racist attitudes and And ideologies. And so when people are like, it was an accident. um, No, because as you said, you had an opportunity to curse this black bean soup that was.
1: Oh, and I did. (laughs) Yes, yes,
0: (laughs) I did. But you never made fun of its color.
1: no no No, I didn't
0: I did did not not. attack it for being black
1: no no I didn't actually no so so this brings up a good question though so let's talk a little bit about this particular word okay Let's... let's
0: do it Delaney
1: I know that in this setting in this circumstance, and in most circumstances, this is the word of all words when we think of racism. In fact, I think a lot of people confuse racism with only being this word. Right. But I also wanted to ask you a couple of questions. And I want to say off off the bat here, before I ask you these questions, I'm going to give you a little test. Okay, I'm pretty sure with 99.999% you know, security here that I know the answers to all these questions. But I think this is a good conversation to have. So I'm still going to ask the questions.
0: Okay. Let's do it, girl.
1: When is it okay for me as a non-Black person to use the N-word? Never. Okay.
0: Uh Okay. Okay
1: what if i'm listening to my favorite song by my favorite musician who happens to be black and uses that word in the song if i'm singing along with the song may i Uh sing the word out loud with the music
0: Uh, ah i see um no
1: okay okay Uh uh-huh so what if i'm reading text there's a book by an author that I love, and the author uses that word. And I'm reading that book out loud
0: uh-huh.
1: to an audience on a podcast as part of a presentation. Do I say the word? Gosh,
0: that's hard. Um no. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, this is fun.
1: So <laughs> basically what you're telling me is there are no instances during which I can do mental gymnastics and decide it's okay for me to use this word.
0: Um, That's exactly correct, Delaney. There is no situation I could think of where it it is appropriate for someone who is um, not Black to use the N-word.
1: Okay, what if someone holds a gun
0: to my head? I'm going to say one more time, no, get shot, Delaney. Don't do it. (laughs) No. Okay. Honest to goodness, I actually. If they threaten to smash your black bean soup, you still don't use the N word, Delaney. (laughs) Just for everyone
1: listening, I actually knew the answers to all those questions. She knew
0: the answers to all of that, (laughs) y'all. She set me up.
1: I really was because I just wanted to start this conversation because I hear these things. These are things I hear people say, oh, I was just repeating what so-and-so said. Oh, but this comedian said it. I'm just repeating this comedian's line for all these laughs. You know, I, it seems like this should be just a, a basic rule. You do not use this word. End of story. What about Black people? Talk to us a little bit about the use of this word within the Black community because I think this is what trips other
0: people up. So in the Black community, it has a long and um, problematic history, too, because... In the end, when we look at the history of the word, how it evolved, how it came about, it just was a very dehumanizing and negative word. And so during this process, you know, of course, Black people could not respond to it, etc. Well, as civil rights started coming along and things started becoming um, a little bit better, we had groups of people who used it. More as a term of endearment as opposed to a pejorative. But the reality is, is that it was also part of, like, if we think about internalized oppression, there are people in the Black community that were using it to differentiate between the acceptable, acceptable Negroes that had become part of, you know, white society or were trying to imitate white society versus the ones that weren't as as um, acceptable or successful. And so it's just it has a very, very complicated history in the Black community. And when we look at people using it, what I often talk to you folks about is the fact that, listen, this is all as far as non-Black people need to know. All they need to know is that they don't need to use the word at all. But when it comes to African-Americans, it is a bit more complicated than that. Um, We think back to the 19, it was like 1986 or somewhere around in there that um, I believe it was the NAACP actually had a symbolic burial for the word so that we could just, all black people could stop using it in general. But the conversation continues around the word. There's this really great website that I love called abolishthenword.com. I need to check and see if it's still up. I hope it is because I used to use that when I was teaching to just talk to kids about, you know, here's some things to consider about the history of the word before you begin using it. But it's true. It's throughout our, our rap culture. It's throughout, you know, our, our, some of our comedians use it. It's, it's, it's prevalent in the Black community, but it means something much different in the Black community that it does when it comes from um, someone who's non-Black.
1: And that makes sense. I think that we see that often across different marginalized groups, words that have been used um, negatively and used to do harm within that group. It's almost like a reclaiming of
0: that word. Right. Um, I remember you telling me a really great story about a, a baseball team. Yes. Yeah, that's in San
1: Antonio, Texas. It's a minor league team. Uh-huh. And they are called the Flying Chonclas. <laughs> and so for people who don't know what a choncla is, it's kind of like a, a flip-flop or a little uh-huh. uh, slipper. And and the Hispanic Latino community, it is really a big joke about grandmas and mamas abuelas and mamas that will take off their flip-flop and throw it at the kids who are misbehaving or do or say something undesirable so the idea of the flying chunkla is that you have misbehaved and you've just been you know flunk right across the head you know with <coughs> your mom's flip-flop for your misbehavior but in San Antonio, Texas, and within this team, there's a high percentage of Latino population and Latino players. And I think that it's hilarious in that. In that context. In that context. But I don't know if you took that and moved it here to St. Louis, Missouri, with a very much smaller population. And so you would have mostly, you know, white players and and, and white supporters using this term Or maybe even then taking it and misconstruing it to be, you know, abusiveness of Hispanic mamas. You know, I think it it could quickly turn into something that it's not. But we see this, I think, even as women. There are words that we will accept used from our female friends. Right. It would feel very different if a man, especially a man maybe we didn't have a very well-established relation. Honestly, I'm just going to say man in general would use those words against us. It would feel very different when used between established female friends.
0: Yeah, a good example. Well, I'm going to tell the audience that you actually taught me kind of a phrase that encompassed all this and it was is um, insider language.
1: Insider language, that's right. Insider and language kind of just refers to that. The people on the inside the words, this language has a different meaning. It feels differently when it's used than when somebody uses
0: it who is outside of the group. I think we find that a lot if you think about like comedy routines that people do. Like there's things that, that George, um, oh, what's his name? He's my favorite Hispanic. Lopez. Comedian. Thank you. That George Lopez that he uses that I couldn't say. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't say as a joke or bring up as a joke, but as he's doing his comedy routine, it's you know pointing that out, and I and it's the same with a lot of comedians in in um, black culture. Like one of my <laughs> favorite, um, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget everybody, but it, it, there's a few different comedians that they make jokes that in the end is about black people or black culture, sometimes playing on some of the stereotypes of black people and black culture that is funny from them. But if a white comedian had come out and said it, we would be like, you know what? (laughs) We need to call somebody. You're done, son. It's just a really good Dion Cole. That was who I was trying to think of. Um, one person is Dion Cole. And then also W. Kamau Bell. They, he had a comedy special. Both of those people, their comedy special was hilarious. And they talked about issues related to the black community. But some of their jokes, only they could say it because they are black people. And so we just, I love having this conversation because when it comes down to it, I think that's something that when we look at our our white advocates and allies, they sometimes struggle with what they're able to say and what they're not able to or say.
1: When they hear the banter back and forth. I was thinking about this earlier when kind of thinking ahead for having this conversation. And one of the things I was thinking about was a really funny conversation I was a part of. And it's kind of a and, and you know, insider language kind of sounds like insider jokes. So it's kind of an insider joke in my personal family. We all have varying levels of skin color here in my household. And so that really plays out in the summer when it comes to sunscreen usage. My <laughs> husband can look at a picture of the sun and immediately burn. <laughs> Whereas I just brown up like a beautiful little Oh, D- Dinner
0: roll, right? Very. <laughs> you're very beautiful.
1: Just brown right up, like I'm. I'm just ready for dinner. So I was at an outdoor event went once with a couple friend of of mine, and they're biracial. The the wife or. Is that the right word? Marriage. The marriage is, is biracial. Is it's interracial. More? Oh my gosh. Words are so hard. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're
0: both. Yeah. <laughs> Only <laughs> their children are. I was yeah. going somewhere. Okay. With I got it. understand now. So they're interracial. So one is one race and the other one is another race.
1: Yes. The wife is
0: white. The husband's black. And she was needing
1: to find and reapply her sunscreen. And he like gestured to his skin and said, I have built in SPF 50. So I responded, oh, I must have built in at least SPF 15 or 20. And she was like, you know, (laughs) expletive, (laughs) expletive. I'm going to sit here and rub on, you know, a ton of of sunscreen so I don't die, you know, from this event. And it was a really funny conversation. And sometimes that will still come up, be like, oh, you know, I'll say I have my built in, you know, SPF, you know, 20 or my built in SPF 15.
0: So Delaney, can I ask you a question? Yes. So is that the FPS that um, all confusing beige people (laughs) need to use?
1: Yeah, that, it, that is actually, if you go look up that in the makeup aisle, it just says confusing, <laughs> confusing beige. <laughs> <laughs> I just walk in and I say, I'm going to need some foundation. I'm going to need
0: some confusing beige.
1: And usually they look at me and say, I'm confused. I don't. <laughs> okay, but so this is a good, this is a good example. The confusing beige conversation is really funny. It would come off very differently if I walked into a makeup counter and a very, very Caucasian European woman told me I was a confusing Confusing. Oh, yeah. That would would feel very different than when you and I joke about it in in the context of what we do and what we talk about.
0: Yeah, because some of our friends, including me, would be like, where is she?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. Where do where do we need to
0: come and talk to her? I would I
1: I would highly recommend anyone listening not walk up to Heather or any African American Um, person and say, "Oh, you don't need sunscreen. Look, you've got SPF fifty skin." Yeah, I'm going to recommend that not be don't do that.
0: That's not no. That's not a good joke. That's not a good job. Well, listen. Let me tell you just some facts about kind of the origin of the N word because I think it's important to really, you know, if we're going to understand it, to really understand it. You know, 1619 was the first year, so we're almost 202 years into, excuse me, 402 years into um, slavery in America and the beginning of, you know, really our our racist system and structures. But before 1619, of course, um, racist dialogue first entered our um, discourse, intellectual discourse in in the 1400s. And they began to call people of, you know, black people of Africa, Negroes. And most of the people, a lot of people know, because if you've taken any type of Spanish, hopefully we at least know our colors. That's all I can remember, plus food items. I can right. do very well with food items. I know what a cerveza is. <laughs> and so, but um, the, the Spanish word for Black is Negro. And that is one of the places that Negro came from. But by 1619, when Black people started to be brought as slaves from Africa, that had kind of morphed into the N-word And the problem is, is that the intention of using the N-word was to humiliate. It was to dehumanize, because if we'll remember, when when people, Black African people were brought to America and enslaved, they were treated as animals. Even some of the laws governing slavery came from laws that they had usually uh, applied to livestock. And so this is what made it possible that, say, like when the slave trade became illegal and they weren't supposed to be bringing any more more Africans from Africa to America, when they would get caught, the slave traders, rather than get punished and caught with the merchandise, they would dump the Africans overboard, still chained so that they would not be able to fight and would sink to the bottom. And so it was it was this process of dehumanization that allowed them to begin calling people the N-word. And it was intended to dehumanize. It was intended to demoralize and to make sure that people um, stayed in their place, so-called. So we fast forward to... Jim Crow and post-Civil War, et cetera, yes, slavery ended, but those attitudes that needed to be adopted in order to justify slavery, they did not end. And so we still see in our society evidence of this horrible word. And the problem is is that, yes, we got to the point, it's, it's like for the same reasons that Back in the, you know, back during Harlem Renaissance, one of the the big words that Black men called each other was man. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Because of the fact that another word that was used to dehumanize and belittle Black men was to call them, regardless of their age, boy. And so it was like building it up. And so that's what ended up happening with the N-word. They took that and they, they started using it to not indicate anger or demoralization, but to indicate connection. They were connected across this experience because they knew what it was to be called the N-word by um, white people who were attempting to demoralize them as opposed to, you know, being called it amongst themselves as like a show of friendship, friendliness. And so we just have to um, be aware of the history of it and make sure that if we're going to use it, that we're doing for the right reasons I I personally can't think of any right reasons my my children have been taught not to say it my husband does not say it we, we really don't say it at all because you know we just remember when you see some of the it's so disheartening when you see some of the pictures of people that had been lynched and you know that that's what was screamed at them as they, as they died. Um,
1: And I think that's why this conversation is so important is because I think sometimes people forget that is the history that led up to these famous rappers and comedians reclaiming and using this word. But we, we can't, those of us who are, have no, you know, African descent who are not black, we just can't take this word, even though, to, you know, maybe in our lifetime, we've just heard it and seen it used in um, entertainment in ways that are funny or a part of, of good music. The history is the same. It's that devastating history that involved so much trauma
0: and torture and death. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think some people, they also struggle... With and and this comes from if we're going to be honest, just the fact that our society has been set up to favor one race over the other. There are some people, um, one race over others. There are some people who have a hard time accepting that there are places that they're not entitled to go, and things that they're not entitled to say or to do. And so it's a complicated issue in some people's minds but you know it's like it could be really simplified if we just say don't use it don't use it at all don't share memes that have the word in it even if it's funny and it really applies to your converse you know your conversation or your situation don't even use memes that use it because it's just not it's not a public word (laughs) it's not for everyone to consume it's,
1: so this makes not. me think of the infamous twisted tea situation. In that situation, we see a white man. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, Google twisted tea situation. I don't even know what So it was in a in a gas station, it was a video taken and he it con- this white man continually uses the n-word towards a black man who's standing also standing at the counter but he's almost using it as though he thinks he has somehow earned the right to use it as though he maybe is in a group of friends who are black and they use it and maybe they've allowed him to use it. I don't know. What was your take on his insistence on using that word?
0: The way that he was comfortable with it and the way that he did use it, it did imply the fact that, you know, he, he grew up probably around black people. And so did feel in certain ways entitled my daughter always tells me and and my son you know they go to school out in the they go to school in a suburb of St. Louis that is predominantly white and they have talked to me about this concept of the n-word card yes I have heard that
1: come from my kids predominantly white high school as well
0: right and so it's like there are Black children that have the ability to award the N-word card to kids that they think are cool or whatever. And I have really let my kids know absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. There is not one person that you can that you would allow to do that because of the fact that you do end up with situations like that. That guy, I, I'm pretty sure has had exposure to black people, has really been involved with and have close relationships with the black people. Which is good. And and that's a good thing. This is a good thing. We had a whole episode on interracial friendship and the fact that, Hey, we need people of various groups, but you still need to draw boundaries. And so for me, I'll never forget, I had a discussion, an in-class discussion um, with some of my students. We were reading, I don't know, one of the books that has a bunch of the N word in it. And so we didn't ever say it in class. And one day I had a discussion about the N-word and I was telling them, they were like asking me about all this stuff. And I said, well, you know what, if if I'm going down and at the time, it was, it was two friends who were other two white female teachers that um, were my really close friends. And I was like, if I'm going down the street with the two of them and we're listening to a song and they say... The N word to go along with the song. You want to know how I'm gonna react? And the kids were like, "House!" Like. Um, I'm getting ready to tear them up. <laughs> we're not. No, we don't do
1: that. Were the kids, were your students surprised by it? Oh, yeah. Rapper? They laughed hey. because they know
0: my personality. Right, they, know that right. they knew that I'm all talk. I don't, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Right. But
1: I think a lot of people really don't understand that just because this artist used it in a song that you can. You still don't have permission. It, it doesn't give you permission.
0: I'll never forget one. Of my favorite rapper is um, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, And so Kendrick Lamar, he during his sets as this part where he brings fans up on stage and lets them sing to one of his songs. And so one of the people that he brought up on stage was a white um, woman, white girl, and she got to singing and she pronounced the N word. When it came to that part in the song and he like stopped it. He was like, no, 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 no. You can't say that. But then of course people were really upset. Like you brought her up on stage and you purposely embarrassed her and da, 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 da. no, listen, if you're going to consume black art, if you're going to consume Black talent, black music, etc. You still need to understand the boundaries of it. And so, yes, please, by all means, appreciate our music, but there's still certain things that you can't say. Appreciate our clothing and our fashion, but there's still things that you don't need to wear. You know, it, it, appreciate our art, but there's still things that you don't need to put on a T-shirt. And I think that that's it's fair, like. It's boundaries. It's appropriate. Boundaries. It's boundaries. It's appropriate, and um, you know it, that when it all comes down to it, that's the insert of language. I don't. When we look at how society has has been set up, there's things that I have not There's not many things that I have an advantage on, but one of them is is hey, there are words that you can't say and I can. Right. There, there are jokes that you can't make, but I can. And same thing, like with you and and Hispanic culture, I'm not, there's jokes that I'm just not going to make because in the end, on top of that, like, I respect your culture so much that I know that's not my place.
1: And I think that there is a time and place, like. You know that I happen to be very close with people that are members of the LGBTQ community. I am mm-hmm. commonly, very often, I am with and around and surrounded by members of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And there is insider language. There are jokes, many jokes that go back and forth and throughout the community and conversations. And there are times when I am with people that know me that have experienced that I'm not just for show an ally, but that I'm there and going to mm-hmm. show up all the time that there are jokes maybe we'll make to each other. But as a heteronormative cisgender woman, I certainly would be very cautious of what I say or what I wear or what I do around anyone else, regardless if I know their gender or sexual orientation or not, because they don't know me. They don't know where I'm coming from. Exactly. In the conversation.
0: Exactly. And so you always err on the side of caution. You always, you know, like, for instance, I have, um, well, you know, I've talked to you all the time about my brother, Kale. I met Kale in college. We are, he's, I, like as close to my heart as as possible. He and his husband, they live, you know, far away. They live over in California with their beautiful daughter. There are jokes that even Kale and I can say to one another, like when we talk about certain words that you shouldn't say. Um, he can call me the B word. We, I can, I call him the B word sometimes, you know, and and it's a joke. But that's a joke that that we've established. As a long part, you know, a part of our long friendship. So it is truly, but that word feels, I'm sure, very different
1: coming from a man who has also been marginalized and who probably carries his own trauma that has been pushed on him by your traditional male masculinity. So it's going to feel different hearing that word. It does. It does.
0: As a man, too, that, you know, mm -hmm. he's, um, Like I said, we have this long established friendship. There is an inside joke that we can sit like, you know, the two of us (laughs) sit and talk about folding the cheese. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Just fold it in, Heather. Just Just fold it it in, in, Delaney. And so there's, it it is, it's a whole different thing. And that's what people need to understand is there's just some places. And and even with the relationship that we have, he still would never, ever, ever open his mouth to call me the N word.
1: So for anyone listening to this, I think the takeaway is marginalized. People carry traumas that many others are not even aware of. And these words do harm and they hurt. And you need to be careful and you need to be thoughtful and you need to understand that insider language is often meant for those on the inside. Even if you find it really, really funny or entertaining when you hear the members of that group use those words, it changes the safety to hear it come from outsiders, it changes the whole dynamic to hear that language used from outsiders. And so, the answers to all of the questions about the N word are no, 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 and no. And and um, I just think it was an important for me to ask, even though even though I promise everyone I knew the answers to those questions.
0: <laughs> she uh, did, I promise.
1: I think it's important. It's an important conversation to have.
0: So Delaney said it very, very just wonderfully and professionally, I'm going to say it like this. If you don't want a twisted T to the side of the face, <laughs> do not do it. I don't care who told you you could. Don't do it.
1: This has been a great conversation. But I'm so, going to go clean black beans out of the grooves of my, um, my big foot boot. And... Um,
0: That sounds fun. All right. So next week, Delaney?
1: Yes, next week. Let's do this again. And as always, we are so thankful for everyone who listens and who joins us. We ask everyone to chime in and extend these conversations. If you agree with us, we want to hear. If you disagree with us, we want to hear. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends. If you hate this podcast, just quietly talk bad about us where we'll never know
0: like normal people do. (laughs) Because I'm sensitive and it'll hurt my feelings.
1: Because we will cry. We
0: will cry. We'll cry together. So, yes, if you have any ideas or you just want to extend this conversation, you can email us at info at com. That's info at com. And as always, you can sign up on our Patreon. Our Patreon um, is www.patreon.com backslash listen learn love and then you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter no Facebook and Instagram that's the ones Delaney Facebook and Instagram at in ES or on Twitter at in EA. so we will see you all next week and we enjoy chatting with you
1: I love you I Heather
0: I love you Delaney bye bye Thanks for listening to this episode. You can support us on Patreon by looking for the Listen, Learn, Love podcast or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at InPurposeES, that is I-N-Purpose-E-S. You can also follow us on Twitter at InPurposeEA or visit our website at www.InPurposeEA.com. Heather, this was great. Do you want to do it again next week? I sure do, Delaney. Awesome. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.